Hello everyone, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. My name is Ed Moore, I'm your host uh, as we journey with Miyamoto Usagi as he travels uh, seeking himself, basically. The story that's the topic for this episode is The Village of Fear. It first appeared in the Doomsday Squad, Volume 1, Issue 3, dated January 1986, put out by Fantagraphics. Now, uh, the publishing chronology puts this between issues or uh, stories 2 and 3, which would be Lone Rabbit and Cub and Bounty Hunter. So that's when it was published. However, in the volume that I am using, which is the Usagi Yojimbo Special Edition, as put out by Dark Horse, uh, it is in this position the sixth story uh, that they have included in their in their collection. So we open uh, with Usagi continuing his travels, uh, playing on a flute as he's walking a path through the forest all of a sudden he stops short because up ahead on the path he sees a a creature uh, that's feeding uh, apparently having recently killed but the the creature to me uh, is not like any any creature that I would think that I would normally see it has uh, feline features but they are very exaggerated very pointy ears very large sharp claws, a thick tail, very large pointy teeth, uh, almost a uh, nightmarish or perhaps a demonic or demonically influenced version of a cat, of a feline of some sort. So uh, Usagi draws his sword and, and makes to attack the cat, and as he does, uh, the cat, I'll, I'll call it a cat, that's what it reminds me of. Um, not really sure what it is at this point. Uh, it attacks back, and in attacking, though, it leaps over Usagi to get away, choosing not to fight at this particular time, um, catching Usagi by surprise. When he swivels to continue his attack, uh, he notices that the beast is gone now. As he um, is cleaning his sword of a um, uh, steamy... Um, I guess we could call it ichor, or, you know, uh, Mr. Sakai draws it as a little bit more than just blood uh, on the end of his sword. Usagi thinks to himself that were it not for this blood substance on his sword, he he would think that he had uh, intercepted an illusion that was cast by a kitsune, or a, a fox. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, which is our word uh, that Mr. Sakai has offered us for the story, Kitsune. Uh, fox is the English equivalent. So, Usagi cleans his blade, she's that continues on his journey, comes to a village, and as he's, uh, as, as often occurs uh, when travelers walk into a village, there's always a, uh, a, a prominence that they clear and descend down into the village. I'm not sure why that particular uh, meme 
perhaps would be the word, uh, is used. But it's frequently used both in uh, visual storytelling, but also in the uh, in the written word or, or prose novels. So as, as he crests this rise, on top of the rise, he encounters a man that is uh, erecting crude statues almost, busts, and mumbling to himself about uh, beast and claws and killing his uh, friends. And he's going to finish the beast and he's going to uh, uh, avenge his comrades uh, so that they can rest well and he's going to do it tonight after dark and all of this is very broken and disjointed so Usagi catches it but is not quite sure what to make of it because it's just words thrown out as this man is going around erecting these small bust statues and he descends on into the village and he can he can he, he notices a, a palpable sense of fear in the village, he can smell it. He can taste it. It's, it's it's everywhere. Everyone is afraid, and he assumes, rightly so, that it's probably uh, related to the beast that he saw coming into the village. So he decides that uh, he is going to announce that together, that he and the village can dispatch this beast if they hire him. At the mention of the beast, though, the entire town flees. It's one of these cases where, you know, everything is fine until until this something triggers the people and they run into their huts and slam their doors and shutter their windows and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's uh, that's what's what's given here to have occurred, except one person, a human-looking female, not strictly human, but definitely more so human than the anthropomorphized animals that uh, Mr. Sakai uses elsewhere, uh, approaches him and uh, asks that he, you know, overlook the actions of the village. They're frightened, offers her name as Ocho, and indicates that she too is new in the village. Uh, She invites him for a a meal, and probably at the same time to, to stay where she is staying. Can't really tell if if this is her place, I would suggest that it's not. It's probably more like a an inn of some sort. But she uh, is is preparing dinner for she and he both, and she offers that she's uh, only been there about a month, and that this there's there's a beast that has the village captive. Uh, everyone is afraid. Uh, every no one has been allowed to leave. And now that Usagi is there, he will not be able to leave either. Usagi doesn't necessarily pay a whole lot of attention to that. He's probably still going over things in his head. He's thinking about food, which she has finished preparing, and he's getting ready to consume. Notices that she's injured on her hand. Uh, She tells him that this is just... uh, slight injury that she suffered while uh, sharpening chopsticks recently, which I don't know that I was necessarily aware that they sharpen chopsticks. kind of makes it sound like chopsticks are 
constantly renewed. I, I don't necessarily think I was aware of that, but that was that was kind of interesting to me, sharpening chopsticks. And it kind of be like a sharpening forks, I guess, or something. I, I'm not sure. But anyways, they're eating, and uh, they're continuing to talk about the monster, the, the, the creature. Usagi asks if the villagers tried to get together uh, as a group to get rid of this creature. And she said, well, yeah, you know, of, of course, that's uh, a normal reaction for people is to band together to try to defeat the beast. But in that group of men, which also was the last of the able-bodied men in the village, uh, the only survivor was the gentleman he saw that was perhaps addled, uh, playing with the, the bust, erecting the busts of people there on the little promontory as you enter the village. Um, indicating his name is Gon, G-O-N. Her name, Ocho, is O-C-H-O. I assume Ocho is how it's pronounced. Uh, his name is Gon. She says all he does now, since returning, is spends his time carving statues for the repose of his comrades' souls. So, um, I would say that there was more than two dozen, uh, which is the size of the force that went out with him, but perhaps not. So anyways, uh, she says that, uh, you know, the, the village is what it is. Usagi is now part of that. You know, he should give up hope like the rest of the village. And, of course, being the honorable samurai that he is, he he says, no, never. I'll, I'll defeat this beast uh, even if I have to do it by myself. And in his um, enthusiasm, in, in, in his zeal, he partially unsheathes his sword, holding it out. And he notices uh, at that point her reflection. But her reflection is the reflection of the beast that he encountered initially, not the reflection of this human female Ocho that he's talking to. So she uh, exclaims that he's a fool and, and uh, uh, blusters off to go ahead and go to bed. Her room, her section of the inn. Usagi contemplates what he's seen in the reflection, that it was indeed that of the beast and it wasn't the reflection of who he was talking to. Um, swords or more specifically reflections show the true nature of individuals that are uh, supernatural or under supernatural uh, dominion. So, uh, in Usagi's mind, in Usagi's world, the reflection being that of the beast shows that Ocho is a, a shapeshifter, um, a, uh, perhaps even a were beast or perhaps a demon of some sort. It doesn't really get into it, but she's a shapeshifter. So Ocho is in fact this beast that he fought earlier. The injury to her hand is indeed the injury that he uh, inflicted as the beast leapt over him in their initial encounter. Putting all this together, he goes to confront her, goes to her room, and finds that she is not there, but uh, the, the back way, or another way into her room is open. He goes out to see if he can find her, catch up with her, and he spots a set of tracks leaving 
away and into a particular direction towards the uh, towards the nearby forest. So taking off after her, he runs into Ocho as the beast, um, just still in the village as she's trying to make her way out. So he's not that far behind her. Uh, this time he says her name and the beast speaks. So they're talking about, you know, what what's going to happen. The beast indicates, well, uh, it was going to kill Usagi in his sleep. That would be painless and more humane. But now she'll just kill him now. And uh, again, they tussle. This time, uh, as Ocho leaps, she leaps at him, not so much over him, and inflicts an amount of damage. Uh, looks like probably her claws. She rakes Usagi with her claws. Was their fighting gone? Charges in, still gibbering out of his mind. And he steps up to Ocho and sends the, I believe it's a Naginata, is the weapon. Uh, kind of a spear. Uh, drives it through Ocho's neck, but not enough to to kill the beast. Um, Ocho does turn and kill Gon. At that particular moment, Usagi counterattacks, um, dispatching the beast by what appears to me to be beheading. Although it's not overly obvious in the next um, in the next panel, but I believe that's what happened. Is um, it Ocho killed Gon, Usagi beheaded Ocho, and the image here is of, of Gon laying on the ground, or not Gon, Ocho laying on the ground with the head uh, seemingly still attached, but basically I guess it's sitting in front of the body. But now the creature doesn't look quite as fierce. Um, it looks more feline-like, more like your uh, kitty cat, as it were. Um, not dangerous, I think, is, is the image. So the next morning... Uh, Usagi gets out and is announcing to the village that uh, their their travails are over and invites them to honor a fallen hero as he sets a small statue of Gon with those others that Gon was creating. And in the end here, Usagi indicates he, he's speaking... Uh, I guess a eulogy of sorts. He says, You died well, gone. Now your spirit flies with the wind. There are some villagers back away a little bit. Perhaps they didn't hear or see exactly everything was going on. And so one villager speaks to another and says, What did he say? And the villager replies, I don't know, something about gone with the wind? But um ching So uh, Usagi leaves the village continues on his his warrior's quest to find himself. Um, obviously, the, the main characters um, were Usagi himself and Ocho and Gon. Uh, all of those were pretty well explained in the story. The, um, the term Kitsune uh, was, was 
given to us by Mr. Sakai, uh, Katsuni being Japanese, I believe Japanese for Fox. Um, a little bit about some, some of the other things. Um, with the death of Gon by Ocho, we see the reappearance of the Death's Head. So that makes the third Death Head total, uh, and the first since the Confession, that story. Kitsune um, is, uh, uh, they're often portrayed as females. They are magical in, uh, in character. They can cast illusions. Uh, foxes, stay foxes in, in many Japanese myths, uh, the animal, but they are able to do these magical things. Primary uh, among them is the casting of illusions. That's, that is the representation I, I take to be the, the uh, slyness of the fox. The fox isn't sly. It, it uses these illusions and, and things to its benefit, and that's what makes it sly. I, I believe that's where that fits into the folklore, why, why it's there, the illusion casting. Um, the name itself, Kitsune, uh, Kitsu, is a, uh, a symbol or a sound representing a fox's cry. Uh, that's an older archaic form to represent that. A, a modern, more commonly used now form uh, for a fox's cry is a gongon, G-O-N-G-O-N. So, uh, interesting connection there that... Mr. Sakai chose to treat the adult uh, survivor of that group of men gone, okay, uh, working along with the Kitsune that was the uh, perhaps fox that Usagi initially thought he was dealing with. Uh, do have a little bit of feedback that I want to recognize. Mr. Steve Hubble uh, says, very cool podcast. I, for one, am looking forward to listening to many more episodes. I'm sorry, wrong one. Um, Great episode in a great series. I have been really enjoying your look at the individual stories of the Usagi Ojimbo series. I like how you compared the value of the Ryo to current market value and pointed out how expensive that tab that Genosuke stuck Usagi with was. I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Also, we have Dave, uh, who just found the podcast and just started uh, started listening. He indicates, I like it. I just got to the show in my backlog, but I'm looking forward to hearing more. So, thank you, gentlemen. Definitely appreciate that feedback. I hope that I can I can maintain your enjoyment. I believe that about covers everything that I, I could think to to talk to you guys about, talk with you guys about. If you do have any questions or any feedback or suggestions or anything you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at usagipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the website for the show is the reader feed, reader, R-E-A-D-E-R, all one word, dot com. Now, there will be various shows there, but if you just... Um, do a quick search for 
Ronan Rabbit or over on the right-hand side are a listing of the shows with how many entries pertain to each show. The Ronan Rabbit, Ronan Rabbit is listed there. There is also uh, I post notice of new episodes when they go live on the Usagi Yojimbo Facebook fan page that I believe Mr. Hubble administers or is, is one of the administers of. And also, if you do download this from iTunes, please take a moment to leave a, uh, some feedback or leave a review, um, iTunes calls it. That will help other people find the podcast. Uh, all those people that you're not telling directly, of course, that's the best way for people to find it is for you to recommend it. And I would hope that if you enjoy listening to it, um, that means that it's something that you would enjoy recommending to other people. If not, uh, let me know, and, and you know we'll see what I can do to perhaps make the show more jo- enjoyable so that you can. You, you are happy to recommend it to other people. I do want to thank uh, Mr. Hubble and Dave for their feedback. Uh, thank Mr. Derek Coward. He is the, uh, the grand poobah of the Deliberate Noise Network, uh, which is the umbrella over the Comic Book Noise Network which is the umbrella over the reader feed. Uh, Derek is a, a big part of the behind-the-scenes uh, website, web development, posting the episodes, things of that nature. I do the easy part. I sit here and talk for a few minutes. I cut up and, and edit the show a little bit, set up the blog post a little bit, and Derek does the rest. So he, he does a lot of the heavy list, lifting. I, I do the more glamorous work. Um... I think that's about it for this uh, episode six of the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, folks, that this is your first episode. Uh, Please take a a few minutes to go back and listen to the previous five episodes. Uh, I think this is going to turn out to be about the longest one so far, so the others have been fairly short in nature. I appreciate any feedback that you folks uh, do care to give, and thanks a lot for listening. I'll talk to you guys again uh, next time. This is a Teal Production.